Hello and welcome to The Writer's Mindset with me, Ellie Betts, and occasionally my co-host Christina Adams when she's not being a hermit. We're currently on summer break, but we've put together some compilation episodes sharing some of our favourite clips from the last year of the podcast. This week, we're talking about getting to know your characters and using your theme to give them even more depth. Thanks to our patrons for all of your support. Our patrons can listen to episodes early, suggest questions for our guests, and get access to our patron-exclusive bonus series, Healthy Habits, where we share the top tips to help you become your happiest, most productive, most creative selves. The series has helped our patrons to get more movement into their lives, solve plot problems, and find simple ways to add healthier foods into their diet. And these small changes can make a big difference to your writing. Want to find out what all the fuss is about? Head over to patreon.com forward slash writers mindset. So your major characters are your characters who generally represent the theme. They play a major role. Um, they are significant in terms of page time. They tend to have uh, character arcs as well. There's usually only a handful of them. Now, the first thing you need to ask yourself is what are they doing in your plot? They should both be uh, having an impact on the story as well as your protagonist, be that in a positive way or a negative way. They could be being an obstacle if they're like part of the antagonist's crew, or they could be like a best friend or a joker or a teacher or whatever. Um, Another question to ask yourself is, do they have their own subplot? If you want them as a major character, then they probably ought to have a subplot. If they don't have a subplot and they're just turning up in scenes um, and so they get lots of page time, but they're not, they don't actually have anything we woven in through your story. Well, get rid of them. They're not actually doing anything. They don't have their own role. You know, they don't have a why for being there, which is something that they, they need to complete themselves. Um, do they connect to the theme? That's another question. You know, not every major character has to connect to the theme, but if they do, they are woven and embedded in your story in a much more significant way, and therefore they are more impactful. So if your side character doesn't obviously connect to the theme, or, you know, regardless of what that looks like, but if they aren't connected to the theme, well, do they really need to be there? Could their role be uh, taken on by a different major character? Um, another question to ask yourself is, are their characters doing the same thing? So do you have two different types of teachers? Well, do you really need that? Could you bury them in one character or could you take the key actions that, that person is doing and add them to two different characters, for example, rather than just having multiple roles? The one exception to that is... Um, in like a group of friends, so like the group of allies, typically you will have a group, uh, especially in stories that are heroines uh, journeys rather than hero journeys, where having that group of people and collectively going together on the journey is much more important. So ally in the core archetype term is, is more likely to, uh, you're going to have lots of them, but each one should be doing something different. They should have a different relationship to um, the protagonist. Um, and then the last question I would ask myself is, are they pushing or pulling the protagonist in some way? So your side characters like I said, they need to be having an impact on the protagonist and thereby the story. If they are not 
pushing the protagonist to either do something or pushing them away from something or pushing them to think. Um, and they are not also pulling them through on the journey or pulling them away from the villain or pulling them away from making a mistake, um, you know, on and on and on. Then what are they doing and what impact are they having? If they're not doing one of those things, they can probably go. So if you think of story as like a body, your the soul of your story is your theme, what your what your story is really about. The heart of your story is your protagonist. And then your side characters are your arteries. So they're feeding your protagonist. They feed the heart of your story. And without arteries, your heart's a bit buggered anyway. Um, so, you know, you do need them. You, these side characters, they create different viewpoints. They create points of conflict and obstacles. Obstacles. They challenge your protagonist. They support your protagonist. They are there to help your your protagonist reflect and um, think in your story. So, yeah, I suppose the way I look at it is that if your book was um, a mass equation um, and your protagonist was like the solution to that maths question. Your antagonist would be a completely incorrect answer to that maths equation. Then your side characters are all the workings out along the way um, and all the things that you discard or maybe you take with you into your formulas to work out that, that maths sign. So yeah, they are really important. I love that maths equation. That's such a nice way of looking at it. And something that really stood out to me in the book, which, believe it or not, despite four years of studying creative writing at university, we never talked about theme. Oh, never. what? Wow. I know. Don't even. And I should mention when I did my MA, I focused on poetry and script. Okay. But certainly when I focused on fiction, there was no mention of theme. And it's something that kind of evolved naturally in my books. But I never, I never thought about how side characters can reflect the theme in different mm -hmm. ways, mm -hmm. like different sides of how important love is. I think is the example you use in the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so side characters, like essentially, your protagonist should be the uh, embodiment of whatever your theme and key message is. Your um, antagonist is the opposite of that. So, like in the case of Hunger Games, the theme is sacrifice, and that is what Katniss does. She sacrifices herself consistently. Uh, President Snow sacrifices others, which is a complete opposite action to what Katniss does. But then the different side characters throughout the book, they all represent it in different ways. So, you know, um, uh, uh, what's her name? The sister Primrose, she, um, she helps Katniss to make that first sacrifice. So she's representing it in that way. Peter gets sick. Prue uh, essentially makes a sacrifice because she she should be trying to kill Katniss and she doesn't, she tries to help her. So that's a different view on sacrifice in a different, and ultimately she ends up sacrificing herself. Really, she ends up dying. Um, and so, yeah, like each different side character can represent a different relationship, be it like a truth relationship with the theme or um, embodying a lie uh, connected to the theme. Like if your theme is love is always enough, then the lie could be that love isn't enough or that, um, you know, you, 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 in, the lie could be that you should always love yourself instead of loving others or, you know, so on and so forth. So each of your side characters should be connected to the theme in a different way. Um, and that, like that fulfillment of whatever it is they are connected to the theme, however they are connected to the theme, should help propel your protagonist into making a decision on whatever the theme question is. So 
they see other people either fulfilling the theme in a good way or a bad way. And that then makes your protagonist make the decision uh, on the theme, the big overarching theme question. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Which one do you see? What, <laughs> like either in their first books or early on books, which of those blocks you mentioned do you see missed most often that you think could really improve that beginning? Yeah, I would say it's probably connecting the reader to the character because I think there's such a heavy emphasis on plot in the writing community in general that I'm guilty of it myself. We spend so long plotting that we don't think about how the plot connects to the character because at the end of the day, you can, you know, there's only a certain amount of plot archetypes, if you like. You should be able to take your character and put them into any plot and your character will have an influence over the plot. What you shouldn't be able to do is take any cookie cutter character. So if you've just found a template for a character online and stick them into a plot, that shouldn't work because the plot and character are fused. So it's all about what's going on externally in terms of what um, obstacles are your character facing in the plot. And then it's all about what's going on internally, as in how do those obstacles make the character change? And what we should be doing is designing our character in my opinion, and then designing the plot to kind of complement the character's internal journey. And I think if we do that, then you're going to create a plot that people really want to read, as opposed to just trying to shoehorn a plot into your character's life. I like that. Character first and then just have the plot work around their arc. Yeah, I like that. That's a good perspective. What's special about Cozy Mystery is that it's very light-hearted, um, it can have serious themes as well, and I do have serious undercurrents in all of my books, um, but they are light-hearted, make you feel good, give you a little bit of escapism, a bit of fun, often quite have a lot of humour in mine, have a lot of humour. I can't write seriously for very long. <laughs> I've had some jokes and fun in there. And um, they often have eccentric characters. I have a lot of those. Um, but the, the central characters have to be lovable as well, I think. Not necessarily the murder victims <laughs> or the crime victims. They don't always have to be murders either, which I think is quite, is quite nice. And that's kind of going back to um, the traditions of the golden age of crime with Agatha Christie and so forth. Agatha Christie didn't always have murders as the, the central crime. She had some jewel heists and all that sort of thing as well. So yeah, they're feel-good stories, but with the same kind of uh, intellectual puzzle and the whodunit element of um, other kinds of crime as well. Um, that you can usually spot a cosy mystery a mile off because it has a, a light, jolly cover rather than sort of the dark black bold lettering that you see in, in psychological thrillers and, and, and grisly crimes. How do you decide what the actual kind of theme or topic that you're going to cover in your book actually is? I have so many stories in my head. I'm also that writer. Um, <laughs> I'm the person who listens to NPR in my car too. You may have already figured that out. Um, but once I have them, I, I get characters, I get random storylines, and the, I think of them like little snowballs rolling around in my head until they get big enough to be a story. So by that point, like the characters and the theme, they've kind of run into each other. And so I'm not, I don't think I'm like actively picking a theme, kind of the way we don't actively make a lot of decisions. So I'm sure it's in there. But I'm also a firm believer, like I, I listen to people teaching and they're like, this is plot and this is character. And I'm a firm believer but that they have to be much more intertwined. 
because the characters' actions drive the plot, so they have to be appropriate. And I do read like some suspense and even romance where the characters' actions don't drive the plot. And I'm I'm not a fan of those. I feel like they're not like not well enough constructed. Yeah, I totally so. agree with that. And that's something that I think about when I'm writing my stories and when mm-hmm. we teach writing at the writer's mindset and the writer's cookbook as well. Like if your characters aren't making an impact on the plot, then it just feels like they're lacking some kind of agency or control over their own life. And no one has that little control over their own life. They just sometimes don't want that control. (laughs) Yeah. And and I get that, like, and we've all had it in our real lives. Things happen to us, you know, things that we didn't expect and weren't prepared for, but we're each going to react to it differently. And that's, that changes the outcome. So I think we have to wind those two together. And I think when we do wind those two together, like the themes really come in, you know, what is this character struggling with? What do they have to overcome? And I do try to like take all of the craft that I have, you know, I have done that. I had done the craft classes and all of it and I love it, but I try to take that and say like, okay, well, how does this work with that? And so there is an overlay layer that's actually conscious of that. But the initial underlying theme of it and the characters, they've all kind of rolled together. And sometimes I have a couple and sometimes I just have like, I just have her and I'm like, well, she can sit in my head until she meets somebody. What are some common mistakes you see in fictional villains? So I think like the two most common mistakes are not having a solid motive for the villain. I think that, you know, even some villains who work, who are like really famous, they don't have that they just want power right and without a justifiable reason now there are rule breakers and examples that break rules all the time and they're still successful like for example and you know i i disagree strongly with the author's personal views and opinions so that author will remain nameless but lord voldemort is a classic example of a villain who really doesn't have a very justified motive, in my humble opinion. Um, And yet, you know, the books are wildly successful. So there are rules, uh, there are rule breakers um, out there and examples of rule breakers. But I genuinely think that when you have a villain who has a more solid motive, like take Agent Smith, for example, you bring a depth and a richness to the characters that make your readers buy into those villains in a way that you just don't get with other stories. So that's probably the first one. And then the second one is not matching the villain and the hero closely enough closely enough together. Wait, what are words? You know what I mean? So basically like the 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 hero and the villain um should be aligned and we might talk about this a little bit more in terms of like like thematically they should be aligned like motivations, um goals, they need to be connected so that whoever wins, the win impacts the loser. And because that then you get a uh, more holistic story and a more like fully like it's closed off and satisfying to the reader when you do that. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Although I I do find some people are like, oh, this character is just a psychopath. Oh, they're just a narcissist. And that's their justification for the character being the way they are. And it's still kind of a surface level justification, right? It is. Yeah. So there's a whole chapter in my book about mental health because 
generally speaking mental like mental people with mental health disorders are stigmatized quite a lot in fiction and never more so than with villains like people like oh this character's schizophrenic therefore they're doing bad things but like that's complete bullshit people with schizophrenic are not outwardly aggressive um like yes okay of course there's going to be the the 0.1% of people who have just like happened to have schizophrenia but you know who who do something bad but then there's more people out in the world who don't have schizophrenia who do bad things every single day and the problem is that people use the disorder as the um cause for the actions whereas that's not the case at all you can have depression and be an asshole you know <laughs> like just because you have oh, depression yeah. doesn't mean you're gonna <laughs> gonna be a bad person right and so i think that's like that's the problem in in those circumstances using the mental health disorder as the as the justification for bad behavior is essentially stereotyping and stigmatizing a section of society it is, and it's really not fair. And I actually realised my protagonists have more mental health issues than my villains a lot of the time. <laughs> no, but that's but that's great, right? Because that's you know all about representation, and you know what you're doing is allowing people who do have mental health um, disorders to feel represented and to feel seen in in fiction. And like when you asked me the last question, that is where this conversation is going to go. But I'll save that for later. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that represent rather than the word, I think that representation is just really important. And also, I'll be honest, I don't know how to write my characters any other way. <laughs> I I find it really hard to be like, how do I write someone who doesn't have anxiety? What mm. does that look like? Like I live with someone who doesn't have anxiety, been in a relationship with him for twelve years, still can't visualize it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm just so in my own head going through different types of anxiety all the time. That's just the way my brain works. And I've recently started down the path of being diagnosed with ADHD and retrospectively looking at my characters, I've realized I've given them some ADHD traits without realizing. Not that they're like completely ADHD or anything, but they have the traits there. And I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic and more authors should do it. If you found this compilation interesting or helpful, make sure you subscribe to The Writer's Mindset on YouTube and or on your favourite podcast platform, or all of them if you're feeling generous. Everything from a like to a rating to a review to a subscribe to shouting about us on social media helps us to reach more writers so that they can overcome their mindset issues that are holding them back from their writing too. Have a great summer and we'll see you soon. Keep writing.